Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Cease from Your Own Wisdom, as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 3. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. When you sit with a ruler, just consider diligently what's put before you. And if you're given the appetite, better just take your knife, put it to your throat. Don't be desirous of those little dainties. Keep your hands off. They're deceitful. Labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. The Bible says, if riches increase. Now, it says, labor not. Don't don't let that be a goal of life. But if riches increase, set not your heart upon them. God may see fit to increase riches. Just don't let your heart get set on them. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. The next three verses are coupled together. Eat not the bread of him that hath an evil eye. Now, this isn't referring to the old superstition that there are some people that have an evil eye, that they can look on you with that evil eye and put a hex on you. It's almost humorous to watch the preliminaries of some of these boxing matches where they have these guys over in the corner, you know, to put the evil eye on, on the other boxer, you know, and, and you see them trying to put this evil eye in hex, and, and you see the boxer deliberately avoiding, you know, won't look and see that evil eye. But this is not at all a reference to, you know, some kind of a power that a person has to put a hex on you with an evil eye. Actually, it is just referring to a person whose mind is evil, to an evil person. Eat not the bread of him who is evil, neither desire his dainty meats. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If he is thinking this evil in his heart, then he's an evil person. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The morsel which you have eaten, you'll vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. And again, we had in the last chapter, remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty and he shall plead their cause with thee. In other words, God will take up the cause of the widow or of the orphan, of the poor. If you're a widow, if you're an orphan, you're poor, you've got a fantastic ally. God will take up your cause. Apply thine heart unto instruction, thy ears to the words of knowledge, and withhold not correction from the child. 
For if you beat him with a rod, he shall not die. You'll get arrested. <laughs> Thou shalt beat him with a rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now, as we mentioned this morning, train up a child in the way he should go. In the Hebrew, literally, is train up a child according to his way. That is, recognize that there is a vast difference in the character, in the personalities of children. And there are some children where spanking is excellent discipline. There are other kids you can beat all day and it's not going to do any good. So learning that children have different temperaments, your training then is according to their temperament. Train up a child according to his way. And there's no sense of wailing on a kid that doesn't do any good. Find another form of discipline. You can find an effective form of discipline. Maybe the deprivation of certain privileges or desires that the child has is an excellent form of discipline for particular children. But I don't advocate child beating, and neither do I believe that the scriptures advocate that, but for some kids, a good wailing once in a while isn't a bad idea. As I said several years ago, I knew much more about raising children than I do now. In our first pastorate, small little church, sort of a one-room church, and for Sunday school we just had curtains to divide off the auditorium into the classrooms. It wasn't an ideal situation at all. In fact, it was a very difficult situation, especially because the lady who was teaching the high school class had a little girl that she never disciplined. And a child left to itself will bring reproach to its parents. And because this little girl was never disciplined, she would just start screaming and because we were all in the same room, only divided by curtains, it would disrupt the whole Sunday school. And of course, I was very young and very new to pastoring, and I didn't have any children, so I had all the answers <laughs> for raising children and everything else. So the second Sunday that we were in this church, and the same procedure started again as this mother started to teach the class. Her little girl started screaming and yelling. I went up to her and graciously offered to take her little girl for a walk. I would never do it now. But I spanked that little gal. I got her outside. I got her about a block away and then I applied some psychology where I thought it would do the most good. It worked. I don't advocate it, but it worked. 
I'll tell you, from then on, whenever that little girl would start to scream, I'd look at her and she'd go. <laughs> Several years ago, I was directing a summer camp in Arizona, and this nice-looking young lady, about 18 years old, came up to me and said, Do you know who I am? And I looked at her and I said, Well, no, I don't. She said, and she gave me her name, and I said, oh, no. <laughs> she grew up to be a very lovely young lady. I don't know that my spanking had anything to do with that, but I'd like to think that it did. These next few are coupled together. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart shall rejoice. Yes, my reigns shall rejoice when your lips speak right things. Now, the reins are, are really the kidneys. And they felt that the deepest emotions of a person are not really felt in your heart, Valentine's Day notwithstanding, but the deepest emotions of a person are felt down in the stomach region. When you really feel an emotion extremely deep, you feel it in the region of the stomach. That's why in the New Testament you have bowels of compassion as the deepest area of feeling is, is way down. And we say, I had a gut-level feeling, you know. And we're trying to describe a, a feeling that is more than just a, an emotional moment, but where I feel something very deeply. So here is the father talking to his son. My heart will rejoice, yea, even deeper than that, if, if you're a wise son and you speak wise things and write things down in the deepest area, I rejoice. Let not your heart envy sinners, but reverence the Lord all day long. For surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Again, there is an end. Look down the road. Consider the end result. There is an end to all things, that is, of this life, and then I'm going to stand before God. So consider that. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of Meat, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto your father that begat thee, and despise not your mother when she is old. By the truth, sell it not, also wisdom and instruction and understanding." The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begets a wise child shall have the joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bore thee shall rejoice. My son, give me your heart. Let your eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lies in wait as for a prey 
and increases the transgressors among men. Now this next portion is altogether to the end of the chapter, and it is extremely interesting. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has babblings? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, or when it moveth itself aright, or when it moves by itself. Some believe that this is talking of the fermentation process. And after the fermentation has taken place, then you should have avoid it. In other words, they did have non-fermented types of wines. And once it, the wine moves of itself in the cup, the fermentation process, then leave it alone. For at the last it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. As a result, your eyes will behold strange women. You will lose your inhibitions. Your heart will utter perverse things, things that you would not normally say, things that you would not normally do. But now that you're under the influence, your inhibitions have been loosed, you're going to do all kinds of weird and stupid things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lies down in the middle of the sea, doing just really dumb things, or as one who lies on the top of a mast. They have stricken me, you will say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, but I didn't feel it. You'll wake up with all the bruises and cuts and you don't know how you got them. When shall I awake? And then what happens? I'll go right back and seek it yet again. The tragic effects of alcoholism described quite graphically here in Proverbs. Again, he continues in 24 in, in putting them together in couplets or in phrases. Be not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their heart studies destruction and their lips talk of mischief. The next one. Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all pleasant riches. Wisdom and knowledge, the value of them. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. The gate was always the place of judgment. He that devises to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination 
to men. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if you say, Behold, we knew it not. In other words, if you fail to help someone when you have the capacity to do it, if you do it not, if you say, Behold, I didn't know, doth not he that pondereth the heart considereth it? And he that keeps the soul, does he not know it? And shall not he render every man according to his works? You know, you can't beg off your responsibility because God knows your heart. God knows what's in your mind. And you may try to excuse your actions. Oh, I didn't know. But yet God is going to ponder your heart. God knows what's in your mind. And God will render every man according to his works. Render to every man. My son, eat honey because it's good. And the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. And so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto your soul when you have found it. Then there shall be a reward and the expectation shall not be cut off. How sweet is a nugget of truth. How sweet it is to get understanding from the Lord on a particular thing. It's just as sweet as honey is into your mouth. There is a sweetness in your soul when you gain knowledge and wisdom. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place, for a just man falleth seven times, but he will rise up again, but the wicked will fall into mischief. We may fall, but thank God we rise again. I've often said there isn't any great evil in falling unless you just lie there. Everybody stumbles. Everybody falls. None of us are perfect. And God knows that we're not perfect. He knows our frame, that we're but dust. We usually expect more out of ourselves than God expects. And we're usually harder on ourselves than God is. We get so disappointed when we have fallen. We get so disappointed when we have failed. It doesn't disappoint God at all. He knew all the time we were going to stumble. It was just I was expecting more out of myself than God is. And God doesn't judge or condemn when you stumble. It's only when you lie there. God understands. He has great patience with us. Even as you have great patience in teaching your child to walk. You expect your child to stumble. You expect your child to fall. Oh, of course you will do your best to keep your child from falling, but there are those times when the child is learning to walk and he falls. Now, a wise parent won't get all excited and scream and run over and say, Oh, are you all right? All right. And you just say, Well, get up now, honey, you know. Try again. If you show all fear and excitement, then the child will get excited and start to cry and get discouraged. 
But you say, well, that was great. You did real well. You took five steps before you stumble. That's good. And you encourage the child to go again. Now, God is teaching us to walk. And we stumble. And we get all discouraged. Oh, I tried so hard. Failed again. And God is saying, hey, that was a good try. Let's go at it again. Now, here's where you made your mistake. You got your eyes off of me. You got them on the waves. That's why you began to sink. And the Lord picks us up, dusts us off, and sets us up again. He's so patient with us. He's so understanding with us. And if the righteous falls seven times, he's going to rise again. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 23 through 24 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you have to go out and mix in that world. I pray that God will give you divine insulation by His Holy Spirit that will just sort of ward off all of the evil influences that are pointed in your direction that surround you daily when you're on the job or in your classroom or or, or just dealing with with this corrupt system. I pray that God will just help you to keep your mind and heart fixed upon Him. And that you'll look above our only hope, but who is our strength and our defense. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As I look around for a godly example of what a Christian woman should be, I see a lot of women who are concerned about what they look like. But rarely do I see a woman who desires the reflection of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, Kay Smith has written a book for women entitled, Reflecting God. Kay teaches women godly attributes, such as how to be joyful when things aren't going so great, or how to be sincere when praying for others, or inspiring them, or how to nurture and influence the people God has placed around you. 
As Kay teaches God's attributes, women will begin to have the mind of Christ. And as this starts to happen within you, outwardly you will become a reflection of God to a world that desperately needs Him. For more information on how to order the book Reflecting God by Kay Smith, as well as an optional study guide to lead a women's Bible study, visit thewordfortoday.org to see a preview of this book or call us at 800-272-WORD.